0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Uh, He is uh, Dr. Kieran Moore. Dr. Moore, of course, we know, is the Chief Medical Officer of Health for the province of Ontario. Uh, Dr. Moore, pleasure to have you back on the program. Thanks for making some time for us today. My pleasure, Bill. Thank you. Uh, lots to talk about here. I want to talk about the, the press release you talked about today about uh, the, some of the respiratory diseases that we've been dealing with uh, over the last couple of months. But let me ask you from the global standpoint, if I just could, uh, tomorrow the World Health Organization is uh, going to make an announcement about COVID, uh, whether it is still a public health emergency. Now, I, I don't know what the announcement is going to be, doctor, but if they say it's no longer an emergency, uh, do, do we extrapolate from that that, uh, that the pandemic is over and all is well?
1: Oh, please don't, Belt. <laughs> Uh, The virus is uh, still actively circulating in Ontario. We still have uh, individuals having to be admitted to hospital on a daily basis, and sadly still have around 100 Ontarians in intensive care, uh, 37 of whom need ventilation. So uh, it is an ongoing issue for Ontario, for Canada and the globe. It's just that you can't stay in emergency mode for uh, three years. You you, you have to slow down some of the response uh, uh, and deal with other health issues, but uh, we're, we're gonna remain vigilant in Ontario. Uh, and continue to try to protect Ontarians as best we can.
0: One of your colleagues, uh, Dr. Isaac Bogosh, who's been on the show many times as well, uh, I think said this is really kind of a technicality to call this uh, a health emergency because making that announcement as they did three years ago, I guess it, it makes them uh, available for funding and a number of other things that they can do. But it doesn't by any stretch mean that, that we're out of the woods yet, does it?
1: No, it does not. So uh, I would agree with Isaac uh, that it is a technicality. Uh, And I just want to assure Ontarians that we'll continue to have our testing capacity, we'll do our genomics, we'll continue to inform you uh, of the risk. Uh, Our vaccines continue to be available throughout our our pharmacy, primary care and public health clinics, uh, as well as our oral outpatient antiviral. So it doesn't stop our response in Ontario. It only uh, shows that we'll continue uh, to try to protect Ontarians as best we can.
0: Doctor, now that we've got you, I want to get maybe an update on something because we've heard about new variations and variations of the variants, et cetera, uh, in other parts of the world. And, and you know, we shouldn't be naive to think it's not happening here in Canada, too. Uh, I, over the Christmas holidays, a lot of people were talking about the BQ1 variant. Uh, some suggestions that, it, it you know, the, the vaccines that we've been taking are, are, are not going to work on and on. Give us an update on, on what we're facing these days with COVID.
1: Yes, so certainly it was BQ1 for the last several months, and this virus does mutate on a regular basis of around a 90 to 100 day cycle. So uh, right now we're seeing a rise in one other variant cause called XBB uh and uh, from our assessment together with public health ontario it is more transmissible but it's not more severe than the current strains uh and we are anticipating another uh smaller wave of activity uh, across ontario and hence uh thanks for having me on we all still need to be protected uh with the you know the bivalent booster if you haven't taken advantage please go ahead and do so and know if you're eligible we've increased the eligibility for our oral outpatient It's a free treatment that's accessible to anyone 60 and over, um, uh, but also 18 and over if you've got a complex medical condition. And and the testing uh, is still available across Ontario. So we still are using those two main arms of immunization and outpatient treatments to try to protect each other, but also to protect the health system.
0: Let's talk about vaccinations. And I know that's a sore point with some people, but uh, it, it has to be discussed nonetheless. Uh, when the initial vaccine came out, and I, I think you were on the program at the time, doctor, and we talked about uh, the the uptake, which was incredible. I mean, I think we were one of the best of the G20 nations when it came to that first dose. Uh, we were ready, willing, and able to roll up our sleeves. Uh, the second and third doses, not so much. We're kind of in the middle of the pack right now. Uh, talk to us about why this is happening and and the impact that it's happening is that why the virus is still kicking around
1: Uh, Well, very good points. Uh, We have to celebrate some of our successes in Ontario. 91% of the adult population, so 18 of over, have had our two basic doses, many of whom subsequently have had natural exposure to the virus. So we call that hybrid immunity, where they've been exposed to the virus and built immunity, but also have that underlying vaccine-derived immunity. That appears to last at least a a year in protecting individuals. So that alone is uh, part of the wall of immunity that's protecting Ontarians. Uh, We have had three million Ontarians come forward for the fall booster dose, so which is a bivalent, which covers you for uh, a BQ variant, as well as your traditional virus that was circulating. Uh, And to me, that's great uptake. And and in the Hamilton, London area, where you're meeting the provincial average, around 55% of those 70 and over have taken advantage. Uh, And from 60 to 69 years of age, around 40% have taken advantage of that bivalent. I would love that to be higher to have more Ontarians protected, especially we know uh, very clearly now that the risk of hospitalization and sadly uh, death uh, is strongly associated with age, and we want those that are most at risk to stay protected. So please, if you haven't uh, taken advantage of the bivalent booster, and we know many haven't, um, now is the time with the XBB variant starting to rise, uh, and it's even more transmissible than the previous variant.
0: But and again, I mean, I'm hearing if, as we talked about this on the show, some people say, "Well, you know what? I, I had it uh, earlier on, and so I'm 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 not going to get it again." That's that's not really true, is that? If you're exposed to it, you're still uh, prone to it. Yeah. So
1: we're we're asking if. Even if, you're, if your last dose is over six months ago or the time that you've had an infection uh, is over six months ago and you're vulnerable, so 60 and over, or with an underlying medical illness or immune suppressed, please consider getting this booster, the bivalent dose, uh, to stay protected for your own health, the health of your community, your friends, your family, but also uh, to protect you from needing to be hospitalized. It's still showing a strong protection against hospitalization, against severe outcomes by staying up to date for those most vulnerable vulnerable. vulnerable in our communities.
0: I wanted to get an update on something else too. I mean, since this has been around for a few years now, almost three years uh, since that declaration. Uh, and it, it's the term that slow COVID that, that, that talks about ongoing symptoms, even after you're supposedly over uh, the the worst of it. Uh, we've been able to study it now because it's been around for almost three years. Uh, and this, the reports I've seen on this doctor indicate that this is, this is pretty serious stuff that it does take quite a long time uh, for these things to get out of your system. And there are some people in rehab facilities and others, uh, with pretty severe uh, long COVID situations?
1: So that absolutely can happen. It can happen in, after any virus or any severe infection. Uh, and the definition is if you've uh, at least three months after your initial infection, uh, uh, you have ongoing symptoms which last two months or longer. That meets the definition of, of long COVID, and it can be uh, uh, interference with your sleep or increased shortness of breath or some you know, uh, feeling that your heart's racing or going too slow uh, and or uh, anxiety or depression. Those could be uh, as a result of being exposed to covid uh, and now we have guidelines for your primary care providers to be able to provide uh, treatment and investigation for you if necessary. We also in Ontario have established some uh, rehabilitation hospitals that can offer uh, uh sort of tertiary care so care beyond what a family care provider um, thinks they can provide. Uh, and have referral pathways as well as pathways to investigate it uh, if someone uh, has these ongoing symptoms. So I'm happy to hear that Ontario Health and all of its partners with the ministry have these guidelines now out to your primary care provider, but also uh, some of our rehabilitation hospitals are specializing in this long COVID-type uh, syndrome.
0: When things were looking a little iffy there and we were concerned about another wave, I guess this was around the beginning of the winter, uh, you'd, you'd recommended at that time that we take all measures. There's no mandates, of course, but, you know, wearing a mask if you're going to be around people or in a, you know, an, an indoor and and stuff like that. Uh, are we still that cautious about this? Are we still concerned about a, a, a spike if something were to happen? I mean, I was in the grocery store just yesterday and I got still a lot of people wearing face masks and oh, that's great. I mean, that's the, that's their choice. But is it necessary?
1: Oh I, I think it's great as well. We want to remain uh you know mass friendly in Ontario. Uh, especially those that are at risk for a severe outcome. So older members, I'm I'm an older member of our community. I continue to wear my mask if I'm in a mall, a box store, uh, a, a supermarket. Uh, I think that's reasonable. Um, some of the good news, though, is that uh, we have finished, this is very unusual, finished the influenza season. Normally it lasts 12 weeks. It started two months earlier. Uh, it's very rare for me to be able to say that influenza now uh, is, is a much lower risk Uh, For Ontarians, uh, only 1% of our tests are showing positive for influenza across uh, the province, uh, which is just remarkable. So um, that risk for Ontarians has decreased, uh, as well as RSV, that virus that typically affects very young children or older members of our community, that risk is going down. So I can understand that uh, the the healthy young people don't want to wear masks. That's absolutely understandable. But my ask is that older members uh, still consider it um uh and it's it's one of the layers of protection staying home if you're sick good hand hygiene good cough etiquette as well as wearing a mask if you're at risk for severe outcomes
0: we've always ever since the beginning of this pandemic i guess doctor kind of look to australia to see what might be coming down the road for us uh, it's not an apples to apples comparison i know but it, you know we we say okay their seasons are different we kind of say okay what did they get and how are they now uh since we're just heading into hopefully the end of winter, uh, what can we anticipate? Are, are, are we going to see a reduction in the number of cases? Are we going to uh, feel a little more freer that, that, that we see? I, everybody wants to see this in the rearview mirror, but I
1: don't think we're there yet, are we? We're not there yet. Um, the benefit of watching Australia was that we were able to watch their influenza season as well as their RSV season uh, and get an understanding that those two started very early in Australia. They're now uh, still in their summer as they head into their winter. We're going to be watching them during our summer uh, to try to inform our health system partners of what could happen again. Uh, This is the earliest I've er ever experienced in my 30 plus years working in the health system of influenza Uh, and and I'm glad we had that understanding of what's going on in in Australia to be able to prepare our system to try to get our influenza immunizations out and our outpatient treatments uh, available to Ontarians. We'll do the same. We're going to, every lesson we learned in the last three years we're going to apply to the winter of 2023 24 uh, to try to again best protect our health system best protect ontarians uh, and that's our commitment to continue to watch around the globe of what's occurring to best protect us
0: i, I got about 10 seconds left and i know you're very busy too but just as a, a a follow-up to that question how was the uptake on the flu vaccine this year because i noticed a lot more people very interested in it all of a sudden uh, maybe they hadn't used it for years
1: yeah, so we have distributed 5.2 million doses to our immunization partners. And thanks to the pharmacist, primary care, public health, uh, I do believe uh, we've had great uptake. Uh, I hope all 5.2 million doses uh, were used. We'll, we'll learn in the next couple of months as they give returns to us. Uh, and that may be one of our highest uptakes uh, in a very long time. So thank Ontarians, not only for getting protected uh, against COVID with the bivalent uh, vaccine, so 3 million of us, but I, I I hope uh, we can show in a few weeks or months that f- over 5 million Ontarians took advantage of the influenza vaccine.
0: Right, we'll look for the update on that. Uh, as always, doctor, thank you so much for the time today. Greatly appreciated. No, thank you very much, Bill.
1: The Bill Kelly Show. Weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.